there are few places as effective at bringing people together as our vast and diverse mountain ranges. Whether it be taking in the pristine sights of the many trails and ski hills with family, to reconnecting with out-of-touch acquaintances for food and photos, nothing quite fits the background as brilliantly as these rocky ridges. That's one of the many reasons why I joined this podcast, to share experiences like these and deliver it right to your ears. Welcome back to the Canadian Mountain Podcast. I'm Eric Tanner. And I'm Catalina Berguno. In this episode, we'll talk about the hosting and production process with the crew members here at the podcast. We'll explore their expectations and work surrounding this current season, as well as what they look forward to in future episodes. But before we begin, we'd like to take a moment to appreciate the land that we work on and the people we work with. The Canadian Mountain Podcast acknowledges that our conversations engage with diverse knowledge holders who live and work on unceded and treated lands. We also recognize the historical and ongoing oppression that many indigenous cultures, lands, and nations have continuously faced within Canada. This podcast actively seeks to decolonize, change, and inspire media platforms by including indigenous ways of knowing. Canadian Mountain Podcast consists of Mount Royal University students stemming from different backgrounds and interests. Because of this, we decided to introduce ourselves as a team and share our personal experiences with you. The two panels you hear today are made up audio storytellers in different stages in their podcasting careers. The first panel will involve second year members of the Canadian Mountain Network. The returning hosts will discuss the podcast new developments adopted during the production of the third season. The first panel guest is Ethan Ward. Yeah, my name is Ethan Ward. I'm also uh, a fourth year journalism student. I'm from here in Calgary. You know, I have never never lived anywhere else but here, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, this is also my second year on the uh, the Canadian Mountain podcast. Our next panel guest is Gabrielle Pisca. Yeah, hi, my name is Gabrielle Pisca. Um, I am a fourth year journalism student here in Calgary, Alberta. I was originally born and raised in Lethbridge, Alberta, but I've come to Calgary for school. Uh, this is my second year on the podcast, and yeah, I'm really excited to continue working with this podcast. The last guest is Eric Tanner. So, hi, I'm Eric Tanner. I'm a fourth year journalism and digital media student here at Mount Royal University. I'm originally from St. Albert, Alberta, but now I reside here in Calgary, Alberta, just coming here to Mount Royal University and working on the Canadian Mountain podcast here as both a host and producer. I met up with Ethan, Gabrielle, and Eric to discuss their personal work and experience working on the last season of the podcast, as well as the team's evolutions and developments over the past year. Okay, um, so I want to start off by asking you guys, what is the Canadian Mountain podcast? Yeah, so for me personally, the Canadian Mountain Podcast is a um, podcast that focuses on knowledge mobilization in mountain areas. So specifically, we look at science and research done in mountain areas um, in Canada, as well as sometimes internationally. Um, And we look at um, the research and science that goes into that and then mobilize it into a format that allows for listeners and the average listener to be able to 
understand the research and understand why it's important. A big component of this podcast is reaching out to voices that may not be heard as much and getting the perspectives that we may not hear so much in research media. So one of the things we do, we strive to achieve is to include Indigenous and settler perspectives throughout this podcast. It's just, you know, podcaster is really fun. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in my free time. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it makes it so much more engaging than just sitting down and reading uh, a scientific paper. It's, you know, you're actually hearing the people who engage with these places and work on these projects, what their experiences are, what they think of it, and not, not just what their findings are. It's like the real human, it's not just like a soulless academic paper. It's just a different audience podcasts reach a different audience like uh, not everybody is going to be able to understand the language in a scientific paper or care much about what is being said but the the, the format and the delivery method of a podcast is just uh, it makes more sense to reach more people I know you guys have been here for longer than the newer students so I was just wanted to ask how has the podcast mobilize knowledge mobilization have evolved over the seasons you've been present so I know when we first joined, we were coming in right at the end of the second season, and we're now into the fourth. And at that time, I know we were essentially just doing one-on-one -on -one interviews. We weren't really doing a panel sort of like we're doing now, and that's kind of evolved to be the norm. So we found that with the panel, you get more engaging uh, dialect. You have researchers from different backgrounds, different parts of the country, different nations entirely, bouncing ideas off of each other that you wouldn't necessarily get with a one-on-one -on -one interview. It kind of opens the perspective of not only the people that we have as guests, but also of the listeners, of just the varying uh, backgrounds of all of these research experts. Yeah. Especially just um, in the time that I've taken in this podcast, I've really seen a transition from knowledge mobilization and how it affects not only the outward audience, but also the inward production team. When I started this podcast, my main focus was knowledge mobilization to our viewership and how they were going to perceive these, um, perceive these episodes and the, the science behind it. But I think as more time went on, I realized the knowledge mobilization also applied to myself. I've learned more in this year in terms of land acknowledgements and um, including Indigenous voices and why that's important. I've learned more in this year about that with this podcast than I've learned in my entire life. And so I think in terms of knowledge mobilization, it's really transferred from not just the outward viewership, but also in the way that I need to see my work and the way that I go forward in my production as a podcast host and producer too. So, I was wondering, how, what, what does the workload surrounding research and planning tend to look like within this podcast production? Um, so the initial process of the production is pretty um, similar in all the episodes where you work on the research, you find your sources, the people you want to speak to, um, the research behind them, and then you develop a question line. And then after that, you go into the interview process, you interview them, you then go into the editorial process where you're editing the interview, adding the music. And so that process is very similar. Um, but I think the workload very much varies on how many episodes you take on, as well as kind of the, the information that's in the episodes. So you might spend more time researching for one subject than you would another episode just based on the person you're, you're interviewing. And so I think it varies where you'll have a lot of work for a week or two. You'll have 8, 10 hours, 12 hours of work, but then you'll go a couple weeks where you're not really doing a lot of work. It kind of just based on how you, like what episodes you pick, essentially. And so it's it's very much you either have a lot of work or not a lot of work, and it kind of varies between the two. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. So you guys talked about some of your experiences. Now I'm going to ask you, what are some particular experiences that have stood out to you in creating these episodes? One thing that has really enlightened me while being a part of this podcast is just the the amazing anecdotes and tangents that people can go off of while they're together in a panel interview like this. You have so many times where you'll just have like a train where you won't even be able to talk for 10 minutes because your sources are just going, building off of each other wonderfully. And even if they've never met, just simply by the research and uh, topic that they're covering, they'll have just a kind of camaraderie and chemistry just by what they've been studying. So with that, those have been magical moments for me. That's like exactly the part of the engagement thing. Like hearing people get together and talk and share stories about uh, their work and ex their experiences, that makes it so much more, that makes for something very interesting to listen to. Yeah, I'd love to add to that too. And I think that what Eric said is really on, on par. I think that the storytelling and the stories that I've heard myself has made any other little complication just so much worth it. I've heard stories that I just, in like I couldn't believe that this had happened to people or that they were going through this or that they found this research or whatnot. And I think that coming from a podcast setting and coming from a place in my life that was very um, colonial and something that I'd never really seen the other side of things and never really seen the research and just so many different stories that I just couldn't even like fathom that had happened or anything like that. I think that those stories and those um, people being able to share those stories is something that has just made this podcast so much better and has made every other little complex issue so much like better and made it worth it because those stories are what make this podcast the way that it is. We wouldn't have these podcasts. We wouldn't have the episodes we do without people being willing to put themselves in a position to share these stories. And I think that that more than anything has not only taught me so much as a producer, but it's also just made me realize that like every time someone I do an episode or any, every time someone shares a story, it just reminds me of what this podcast is all really about. So, yeah. You guys have talked a little bit about your experiences, like some of them made you, oh my God, I can't believe that happened, or or I didn't know about that. What what? Can you elaborate on some of those stories? This isn't an interview that I did. Uh, it was it was for an episode that uh, Gabby hosted. I was the editor on it. It was on uh, Indigenous uh, Protected and Conserved Areas, and uh, one of the guests on that episode, uh, their name was uh, Eli Enns, and it was the co-founder of the... Hokeman Tribal Park in Clackwood Sound. You know, usually when I'm editing an episode, I'm more focused on the technical aspect. It's not so much about the, uh, it's not it's not as much about the story being told, even though you are, you still need to focus on that. But I think I was listening to that, to the interview that Gabby had and uh, that guest in particular, some of the stories they shared, what they brought to the episode was, uh, it, it engaged me in it, like it helped me learn and, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just, it was a really good episode. It was a really good interview. And yeah, I think that's probably the one that like stood out the most to me, I would say. I'll add to that, Ethan, too. Yeah, that episode really stuck out with me as well. I think that the people we brought onto that episode really told a lot of awesome stories and specifically about like Clackwood Sound and the Indigenous protected areas, things that I never knew. And I always, I always find it interesting that the people that I'm interviewing always teach me more than most people. They teach me the most. And I think that that's really important. And I think that that episode, I agree, is something that is one that stuck out with me for sure. So, yeah. So 
after you guys talked about your experiences, what do you think our listeners can do to bring these forms of knowledge mobilization and translation into their own endeavors? Um, I think that in terms of knowledge mobilization and what our listeners can do is, first of all, listen to the podcast, understand the main aspects that we're trying to do and the main aspects that we're trying to include in the episodes, but also doing their own research. Um, on almost every single episode, we ask our guests what listeners can do to be more involved or to learn more. And I think that's in and of itself the biggest thing is to be able to use your resources to learn more, to get involved, to know the things that you can do to improve said situations. Um, I'm a full believer that knowledge is power and being able to educate yourself on these issues and being able to really dive into the things that matter to you and the things that are important to you and be able to understand it and do something about it is going to be the biggest aspect for our listeners. One thing you could do is uh, like just sharing it with people, like going up to somebody and it's like, hey, I listened to this or I found this, I found this uh, whatever after I listened to this podcast episode, like just sharing with people what you've learned because like it's one thing it's definitely important for you to change your own perspective and learn more but you should also try and like spread that to other people and help other people uh learn because it's one thing to change yourself but it's another to like not change other people but just to uh, spread knowledge to other people yeah definitely um so what was the research and process like in creating and refining the Canadian Mountain Podcast land acknowledgement? Because I know we did that a couple of months ago. I can go first. Um, I think that in terms of the land acknowledgement, it's really about what I had mentioned before and just that it was a really big learning experience for me. Um, I had to admit what I didn't know and what I needed to improve on, which was a lot of things. And I think that in being a podcast and having a land acknowledgement that is ever changing and ever evolving is really important. It's not something that is stagnant. It's not something that is ever perfect or 100%. We need to be willing to grow and to change the same way our podcast does in our land acknowledgement. And I think that being willing to be open about the fact that we're all still learning and we all need to do our, our work in really being able to understand that we're still learning and understand that we need to keep moving forward and keep improving it is something that's really important for me, so. Uh, yeah, um, I can say it was, it's, it was definitely a challenge because w the first thing when we were brought up, this topic was brought up to us, is that there were very few examples of podcasts that weren't specifically hosted by indigenous uh, hosts or talk tackling indigenous issues that included a land acknowledgement. And so with many of us coming from a colonial perspective, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't just like checking off the box, being like, oh yeah, okay, we got the land acknowledgement, it's done. We wanted to make something that was personal and respectful. Now, I guess it was, it's kind of worked out because you see land acknowledgements becoming much more prominent. Before you would only hear them, at least personally, I'd only heard them before at the university here itself, but now I'm hearing it everywhere. I can hear them on sporting events. I hear them on more podcasts, it's just, I think it's a sea change that's worked out really well in terms of representation. I'd like to quickly add to Eric's point too in that I think the initial hardest part was that exactly what Eric said, there wasn't a lot to go off of in terms of a base structure or what was deemed as the right way to do this. 
I think that for myself, when I'm working on a new project or on unknown territory, I tend to look at examples of of things that I can do to, to help improve it. And there, that didn't exist. So we really had to start from the beginning, start at a base and grow forward with that in just in the terms that it didn't exist in like with the right things um, and the right way to do this. And so really being able to look internally and acknowledge the things that we didn't know and seek understanding and seek wisdom from outside sources that did not include a podcast setting was really important to it too. You know, at the beginning, I didn't want to say too much or speak out too often because I didn't know very much about the topic and I didn't want to like screw up. Like I, it was, I was really worried about, you know, saying something wrong or just, just screwing up somehow in general. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think part of the process was like moving past that and just trying to become more comfortable and just doing and going through everything that Eric and Gabby uh, have already talked about. And yeah, just before we conclude, I'd like to specifically shout out Sarah, who is no longer a part of this podcast, but helped us immensely with creating that initial land acknowledgement, especially from an Indigenous perspective, as well as Kyle, who is currently one of the producers and hosts at our podcast who helped us revise the acknowledgement as more examples came out and from another one of those perspectives that can really grant the knowledge that we need to create a proper acknowledgement. Yeah, I'd like to add to Eric's point there, specifically with Sarah. Um, when we started building the land acknowledgement, something that Sarah said to me is something that really stuck with me and to this day still sticks with me is I, very similar to Ethan, was scared to mess up, scared to say the wrong thing, scared that this wasn't going to be genuine. And so I went to Sarah and I asked her, how can I make this the most genuine and the most, uh, yeah, genuine way possible? And she said, well, you need to also ask yourself, what does this land mean to you? What does, like, you've grown up on this land. You have had all of your memories, all of your experiences, your relationships with people on this land. So what does it mean to you? And my favorite thing about the land that I currently reside on is that it has been the land that I've learned how to tell stories and storytelling and realizing that this land has been a place where we've told stories for generations. And so I think when she asked me, well, what does it mean to you? And I think that including that, it's really what took the podcast and the land acknowledgement a step further. Yeah, so um, if I would like to ask you guys um, lastly, um, you, Ethan, um, what has been your most significant takeaway from your time at the Canadian Mountain Podcast so far? I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, knowledge mobilization and, you know, incorporating indig Indigenous ways of knowing into our podcast. And, you know, like just our whole conversation with the land acknowledgement that we just had, like, that's a huge part of the of our take of the takeaway that I've had, like, just being willing to like ask more questions and seek out the answers and just listen to our guests and learn, like learn all of these things, you know, about the land we live on and everything regarding what, what we've just talked about. Uh, in terms of takeaways, I've definitely learned a lot about just podcasting in general, which, you know, which I hope to, you know, take forward, like in my career, like after I, you know, graduate university, like just, you know, learning techniques and learning more about editing and how to work with uh, guests and managing a discussion, like, uh, like kind of like what we're doing right here today, like, uh, you know, 
making sure people get enough time to talk and share their stories. From the beginning, part of the reason I joined the journalism program was because I'm someone who is an avid lover of storytelling and telling stories. And I think that there's so many stories out there that you can tell. And there's so many stories, like each person has been through so much to interview multiple people. And this podcast really just reiterated that for me. You know, it's, we wouldn't have this podcast without the people that we interview or without the willingness to share these stories. And I think more than anything, the biggest takeaway for me is that the re- there's a reason we do this work. And the reason we do this work is to share the stories that wouldn't be shared otherwise and share the stories that might never get told that are just as important as the stories that are told or that have already been told. And I think that out of all of that, I, it just reminds me that the reason I do this is so that other people can share their stories and we can have a better understanding of the way that people interact and see things because without that, communication wouldn't be very good. And without that, we wouldn't have podcasts. And yeah. That was Ethan Ward, Gabrielle Pisca, and Eric Tanner, three senior hosts and producers working here at the Canadian Mountain Podcast. The three hope to further incorporate new and innovative forms of knowledge translation and mobilization as they conclude their final season with the podcast. Our second panel focuses on the newest members of the podcast team, these three junior members will talk about their histories with podcasting as well as what they wish to incorporate and improve upon during this fourth season. The panel's first guest is Sid Klassen. I'm a podcast producer slash research assistant for the Canadian Mountain Podcast. And where I'm from, so I live in Calgary, Alberta, but I am from Marathorpe, Alberta, which is an hour and a half northwest of Edmonton. So that's where I grew up. Our next panel guest is Vanessa Forbester. I was born and raised here in Cowtown, Calgary. I haven't really lived anywhere else. My position here is research assistant, producer, host. It's my first year on the podcast, which is really exciting. I feel like I'm kind of the odd duck out of the group. I'm the only history major here. So I think it's really cool. I think it's cool that I'm going to try and branch out and do something that I don't particularly do. Our final guest is Catalina Berguno. I'm a third-year journalism student, and I'm a host slash producer slash research assistant for the Canadian Mountain Podcast. Um, I was not born in Canada. I was born in Chile and moved here when I was seven or eight. I can't remember. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm at Royal University doing, delving into podcasting. So that's been a new experience for me so far. I met up with Sid, Vanessa, and Catalina to talk about their future expectations surrounding the current season, as well as the advantages and challenges of the podcasting format. For all of you guys, this is your first year here. So in your own words, could you tell me what the Canadian Mountain Podcast is about to you? I feel like what I'm learning is that the Canadian Mountain Podcast is about collaboration and partnership, collaboration between Indigenous knowledge holders and settler perspectives, partnership between like us as students and our principal investigators, and yeah, also just collaboration between us as hosts and producers and our guests is more about like gaining skills in like the podcast world and kind of gaining interview skills. That's for me personally why 
I thought it would be really cool to come on here. So for me, that's kind of what it's about is learning from everyone else. So what are the reasons that you decided to join this podcast? I listened to some of the episodes and I know that some of the problems that highlighted was climate change and like current problems that are happening right now that like in return are affecting the mountains in Canada. And during that time, like where applications were open, it was during the heat wave, I think it was. I w- it was very hot and I was like, oh my gosh, I would like to do, su- do something <laughs> about this problem or just talk about it. I feel like I have a lot of reasons. For one thing, I'm very invested in the mountains, specifically the Rocky Mountains. It's like the place where I find life and creativity. And also, I don't know if this is like appropriate to say on the podcast or anything, but um, I have an uncle and an aunt who are Indigenous. And over the last few years, I've just become very aware of maybe the parts of them that have been lost through being a part of my family. And so it's kind of like an intersection of my love for the Rocky Mountains and my curiosity about what um, my family um, my family members, those two specifically, have lost. And so it's like, yeah, curiosity and love for the mountains, I guess. I think I wanted to join to kind of expand my horizon a little bit. I've never really stepped out of my comfort zone and done such a collaborative podcast with other students. So I thought that'd be a really cool opportunity. And I thought, you know, my research skills, a historian with my Indigenous Studies minor could really provide something to the podcast. And I also was really intrigued when I was doing my interview, kind of the inclusivity of Indigenous communities. And that hits like with me just a little personally, because I'm still trying to discover like where I fall within my Indigenous community. So I kind of wanted to do this for myself to explore that more and to do it for other Indigenous communities that don't necessarily have that opportunity. I think it's really fun to like step out of your comfort zone. I think that's kind of the theme that we're all going for as newbies here, but it's kind of nerve wracking getting in front of like, we've all met on Zoom, but it's kind of nerve wracking coming in here and sitting in front of everyone and having other podcasts associated watch us, right? So I think it's just like a really cool experience to like build confidence and how to talk to people, you know, having a podcast skill and being able to sit down with a bunch of random sources and coordinate how they talk and where the direction goes and it's really almost an intoxicating experience when you can get a podcast to really communicate with each other instead of just asking questions and getting answered but when they can all interact with each other I think that's I think that's something that's a really good skill to learn is how to get people to work together. So my love for podcasting is a very new thing for me. Um <laughs> Um, a lot of students have already listened to podcasts. They already had their favorite podcast. And I was like, I have never listened to a podcast in my life before that. <laughs> so I, I found out that I liked it because I will be honest, I thought it was kind of the same as radio, except I found out that you get to edit the stuff. So I was like, oh, my gosh, you can edit out conversations and you don't like you're not going live. You can like clean and edit stuff and then like the finishing product will come out polished and you don't have to worry about sound well you do have to worry about being researched and everything like that but if you make a tiny mistake it won't like be broadcasted to millions of people live at least I don't think so so I was very excited about that (laughs) awesome so 
I know many of you are just getting into your first episode or have just done your first episode. So what are some aspects of the podcast that you hope to add or expand upon as you work through the season here? I will go to that first because this is the first episode I'm doing right now and finding out how everything works, how, and this is also in person, like this episode right now. So I think trying to find out how do you use the equipment. And I think that was my biggest issue because like how, like my biggest concern, like how would we learn how to use all these different tools if some of the interviews did not demand for it to be virtual. Yeah, I think someone mentioned that is to be challenged. I think I kind of or personally or shied away from certain subjects. And I think this is a good way to challenge myself to learn how how to tackle these sub- subjects in an educational matter and by the people who know better than I do. So I think having that guidance um, really helps with that. I think one of the things that I've loved so far about the podcast is how intentional we are with language and I think for me, I just want to continue to learn how to be really like specific and intentional. Um, even going back to like the land acknowledgement, how we worked through that, that taught me so much. And I want to keep kind of taking that care when I'm like emailing people and um, the way I ask questions. And yeah, I think that's personally what I want to expand on because I've just seen it done by everyone else. I would hope to add a little more like historical and and indigenous content. That's what I'm hoping I can bring to this podcast. So that's kind of over the last two years, that's where my history degree is kind of shifted and focusing on is just indigenous identity and indigenous methodologies and um, understanding kind of like the Western world and the Western culture and how indigenous culture fits in there. And there was, I'm not, I don't know if I can name the professor's name, but she used to work here at Mount Royal and then she's not anymore, which was kind of a big blow to the university, in my opinion. Yeah, Gab- Gabe Lindstrom. She was just, she was the best Indigenous professor here at the university. And just the way she talked about Indigenous ways of knowing and how it shouldn't really be this kind of hierarchy of knowledge. And, you know, there's more to a person than with knowledge than just getting a doctorate or a PhD. And I think that's something that I would like to bring in the podcast too, is bringing in Indigenous perspective that doesn't necessarily have that Western stamp of approval with knowledge. So that's what I hope I can kind of bring and expand. So what has been the most significant takeaway from your time at the Canadian Mountain Podcast so far? Significant takeaway? I think it's just the the love and respect that everyone's just kind of wanting to do with Indigenous communities. I think I think it's safe to say that's going to be a big theme of this season from what I've heard from previous seasons. It's always been in there, but I don't know. I just feel that this season is going to be really big on that. And I think that's really important, especially now with everything that's going on and just creating a safe space for all kinds of knowledge holders to just come on here and talk. I think like one thing that I think Ethan and Gabby said in their section was that they were kind of scared of being like when they started scared of saying the wrong thing or, you know, doing the wrong thing or whatever it is. Um, I think my takeaway so far is to like, yeah, be conscious, be careful 
and also just be okay being corrected. And I think if you have like that willingness, then it kind of becomes less like fear becomes less of a barrier in your conversations. And then you can just have like deeper anecdotes and stuff come from that. But yeah. I think the biggest takeaway is the teamwork that we have in this podcast because I'm not used to working with a lot of people, um, but I, I like it personally. Maybe it's because of the people on this team that are very good to work with. But yeah, I like the fact that we created an environment where we're allowed to ask questions because sometimes I have a lot of questions <laughs> going into this. And so I think just our meetings in general I think are very engaging and a lot of people come here with an open mind willing to listen and also just put in their two cents that was Sid Klassen Vanessa Forbester and Catalina Berguno the three newest hosts and producers here at the Canadian Mountain Podcast. The three strive to continue innovating and improving the knowledge mobilization initiatives, both within the podcast and alongside their personal communication endeavors as they delve into their first season. That's it for this edition of the Canadian Mountain Podcast in partnership with Mount Royal University. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced from Treaty 7 Territories, a place which holds generations of culture and stories. With the Canadian Mountain Podcast, our goal is to share both Indigenous knowledge and settler perspectives, and we give appreciation to those stories. We are committed to collaborating with Indigenous peoples through storytelling and partnerships. Therefore, we acknowledge the hereditary keepers of these lands, the Nitsitsapi Blackfoot, the Iahe Nakoda Bee, Stony Nakoda, Sutana, and Métis peoples. I'm Catalina Berguno, and special thanks to show producer and episode co-host Eric Tanner. Be sure to join us again for more stories surrounding mountain places, whether that be in our own backyard or from around the country. Share and subscribe to get the latest updates on the new season, and be sure to tell your mountain-loving friends and colleagues. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts, and you can learn more about the Canadian Mountain Network at canadianmountainnetwork.ca.